It was a brutal murder that shocked Manchester. Torture, betrayal, killers likened to creatures and a kind of cancer. In the summer of 2022, Thomas Campbell was attacked in a professionally planned operation lasting hours and left for dead. He succumbed to his injuries after being stabbed, punched, kicked and strangled. Andrew Bardsley followed this case as it played out in court and he describes it as the most brutal murder I've come across over the years he's worked as a reporter. The Manchester Evening News court reporter tells the Testimony True Crime podcast about the events in July 2022, the investigation and the reaction in the courtroom. So Thomas was found dead by his neighbour. It was a very gruesome scene. He was naked apart from a pair of socks. His ankles had been tied together with duct tape. So you can imagine the horror that the neighbour encountered at the time. So obviously he called the police. This was in July last year on a Sunday morning. It was later revealed that he'd suffered 61 separate injuries. Uh, He'd been stabbed, punched, kicked and strangled. And it was revealed that he'd suffered a two-hour ordeal at the hands of his killers. So one can only imagine what he was going through at that time. There was also evidence of torture. He'd had boiling liquid poured on his genitals. So there was obviously a lot going on in that house at that time. It was actually the evening before that all this had happened but obviously it came to pass the police were alerted the following morning and there was a a massive investigation that followed. Who was Thomas? Who was the victim? So Thomas was 38 years old when he died. He had two kids. He lived in Mosley in Tameside. He'd been in trouble in the past. He was a convicted drug dealer and he'd been to prison for a few crimes including money laundering. GMP also believed that he'd involved in cocaine dealing. He'd not been convicted of that as such but they believed he'd been part of an organised crime group so he was well known to the police and he was sort of a well known face in the criminal world Um, he'd been married to a woman called Colleen Campbell for 10 years but they divorced in 2021 he'd lived in Dubai and Marbella for a while before returning to the UK, he'd moved there after their divorce but he'd recently returned home to his uh, native Greater Manchester Um, so yeah Colleen and Thomas had two children together so there was a lot tying them together, even though they, they had divorced. There were so many injuries, and obviously you mentioned torture there, but how was he killed then? CCTV footage revealed that Thomas had returned home to his house at around 11pm uh, on the Saturday. That was the 2nd of July. He'd been uh, ambushed when he returned home after getting out of his car. Three men had, had uh, emerged from a van that parked nearby, and he'd been attacked outside his front door then he was dragged inside his house and that was when the two hours of torture began and after that period he was left for dead he was laying in his hallway and he was left battered bruised and, and bloodied and, and dying basically so that was when the police became involved what was the motivation behind his killing there was a couple of different motivations put forward at court when it eventually got to court the first was uh, it could have been a robbery um so as we've said, Thomas was uh, a well-known criminal and he was um, known to have lots of cash, valuables and drugs. Um, so that was could have been a, a motivation for that crime. So one of the three attackers was said to be a man called John Belfield and he was also alleged to have been a drug dealer. Uh, so that could have been the possible motive to get one over on a rival, uh, alleged rival criminal. So there's also a secondary motive. 
they said that Thomas had been in a new relationship with Belfield's ex-partner. So there was a sort of jealous angle there and that Belfield didn't like the fact that Thomas Campbell was in a relationship with this woman. So there was a, also a secondary motive uh, put forward and perhaps most shockingly of all, in the end, Thomas Campbell's ex-wife Colleen actually was accused of involvement in the crime. How was she involved? So it emerged that Colleen Campbell had plotted with John Belfield. The pair had never met before prior to the killing. Until a week before the killing, they'd never, apparently never met or spoke together. But it emerged that John Belfield had sent Colleen Campbell a message on Instagram and then the two had started chatting just about their lives and then Colleen later provided Belfield with key information about Thomas as to his movements and his whereabouts. She actually provided the house number where he lived and uh, parts of the registration to his car so that that information was then used by his killers to track him. So Belfield allegedly then recruited two other people, two of his associates, who were two men called Reese Stephen and Stephen Cleworth. Why did she get involved with this? Well, we heard that their divorce had been particularly messy and it was quite a toxic breakup. And there was issues between them. Uh, Colleen had accused Thomas of sleeping with her best friend and uh, she said that was the reason why the, the marriage failed and she broke up with Thomas. They'd apparently reconciled following their split they seemed to put a united front for their children and it appeared that they'd got on together and were sort of seeking to have a truce. But obviously in the background there were issues with Colleen and she was obviously still still uh, upset about the facts of this uh, apparent uh, new relationship and the apparent affair that had been uh, ongoing in the background. Tell me about the lead up to the killing. So this was a particularly shocking part of the case that it seemed to have been professionally planned and in the days leading up there were quite significant events that occurred. After the message on Instagram, some of the killers actually attended outside Thomas's uh, home to sort of do reconnaissance on the, on the property to see what they would eventually face when this eventual robbery occurred. So there's a few different trips to Mosley where he lived. A tracking device was also placed on Thomas's car. Thomas was on a Monday afternoon before the Saturday had been going to pick up uh, his daughter from school and just after he had emerged from the car there was CCTV footage that showed Stephen Clueth and uh, Reese Stephen walking down the street and Stephen Clueth puts a tracking device onto Thomas's car so that provided them with real-time information as to where Thomas's car was. A few days before the killing Colleen Campbell also met with John Belfield. She had a beauty salon in, in Tameside and um, they met up near that salon. Prosecution said the actual robbery was going to take place two days before it actually did take place. It seemed to be that they'd, they were all in place, and uh, the only thing that stopped them was Thomas had, instead of going into his house, took his dog for a walk, so that seemed to put them off, and they aborted the actual planned attack that night and then carried it out two days later instead. So can you tell me about the police investigation? So it became a huge investigation. I spoke with the detectives following the court case and they actually just said it was the biggest domestic scene that GMP has ever had in their history. So they spent two weeks in Thomas's house, desperately looking for any kind of DNA evidence because uh, there was so much blood. It was, his, it was Thomas's blood. So they were perhaps thinking that this evidence could prove crucial to prove who the killers were. But even after that search, there was no DNA evidence and it just showed the professional nature of the killing that 
obviously those responsible had cleaned up after themselves and they'd even ripped out the CCTV hard drive and the video doorbell to ensure that they weren't caught on camera in in the property so that evidence couldn't be used against them. So like I say, it just shows how well thought out this attack was and how professionally planned it was. Eventually, what proved crucial to uh, prove those who were responsible was CCTV footage and mobile phone data, as well as tracking data from the, the tracking device. This was all technical data that w- was laboriously used by the police and meticulously put together to paint a picture of what happened in those days leading up to the killing and actual on the day of the killing itself. How did it play out in court? Months later after the killing, it got to court and it's, the trial started at Bolton Crown Court in January. So there were three people in the dock. That was Colleen Campbell, Thomas's ex-wife, and that was Reese Stephen and Stephen Clewith, the two men who were supposed to have been recruited by John Belfield. John Belfield wasn't there himself because he is uh, said to have gone on the run from the law and basically has never never been brought before a court. So those three were the ones who faced trial. They, they were accused of two counts. The first was uh, the count of murder and the second was uh, conspiring to rob Thomas Campbell. The cases against them were each slightly different. Colleen Campbell was not at the scene of the killing, but she, by providing information about Thomas's whereabouts, was accused of being involved and providing help to those who eventually were responsible. Reese Stephen was said to be one of the three men who actually were was at the scene of the killing and was actually participated in the killing itself. Stephen Clueth wasn't at the scene either, but he was um, said to have been involved in the planning and preparations, including by the placing of a tracking device on Thomas's car. He actually had a accepted alibi by the prosecution that he was in, a, of all places, a swingers club in Rochdale. So there was CCTV footage that proved he was there, but even so, he was still accused of murder because of his role in the days and hours before the killing. As I said, Belfield wasn't in court. He's believed to actually fled the country. The last we heard was that GMP believed he may be in Spain or Tenerife. So he, he's wanted on suspicion of murder. So... In total, the police have only put before a court one of the three attackers on the night. The second, the alleged Belfield, and the third is a man who, who we don't know uh, the identity of at the moment. So the trial began in Jan- January and it played out over over five weeks. What were the verdicts at the end of that five weeks? So the verdicts came back on February the 20th. Reece Stephen was found guilty of murder. Stephen Clewith and Colleen Campbell were found not guilty of murder, but guilty of manslaughter. The three were also found guilty of conspiring to rob Thomas Campbell, and uh, the judge sentenced them all a couple of days later. There was quite uh, huge sentences handed out, or particularly for Reece Stephen. He was given a life sentence, which is obviously mandatory for murder, but the minimum term was 37 years, so he had to spend at least that time in prison before he can even be considered for release, and... Reece Stevens 29, so he'll be in his mid-60s before he can even be considered to be released. So that was, in my experience, one of the biggest sen- murder sentences handed down in recent times, in, at least in Greater Manchester. So Stephen Clewith, as I said, he was acquitted of murder but convicted of manslaughter. He was given a life sentence but he'll have to serve 12 years. So Colleen Campbell was sentenced to 13 years and she has to serve two-thirds of a sentence in prison. What was the reaction in court? So throughout the trial, lots and lots of Thomas's family were there. It was always a packed public gallery and just waiting to hear the latest information about the case, but particularly on the day of sentencing. There must have been about 60 people there and not all of them could even fit into the courtroom. There was that many there. Obviously, they were wanting to 
find out what justice would be done in for their, their loved one. The court was silent for most of the case, but then there was a bit of a disturbance when Colin Campbell's sentence was announced. Uh, one man swore and left and uh, was seen uh, leaving the court as, as the punishment was handed down. So it was uh, quite a dramatic day, especially in the history of the case after so much investigation and, and so much... Um, so much of the case had, had been ongoing and it was, uh, yeah, quite a, sh- a shocking and, and uh, dramatic day that uh, provided the sort of last uh, last act in this trial. What has the impact been on Thomas's family? So they were obviously devastated at the way he was killed and particularly the manner and brutality of what went on. Uh, so we heard various statements on behalf of his family read on that day. Thomas's father, Terry, described his son's killers as creatures and he said that they'd given his his family a kind of cancer. He believes he'll die early due to the trauma and grief he's suffered as a result of this case and his his son's death. So probably the most um, tragic element of this case was the two children involved, was Thomas and Colleen's children who were caught in the middle of this horrendous crime. They're actually being looked after by Thomas's brother now, and Thomas's brother gave a statement as well. He said how disgusted he was in particular with Colleen Campbell because obviously she was part of the family. When Thomas had died, she was sort of embraced by the family in, in a sort of time of time of crisis and, and desperation. And they'd consoled her and, and done all they could to look after her. But once they found out about her part in this in this brutal crime, they were just particularly devastated and disgusted by the by that fact. What are your thoughts on the case? Well it was just an, an extraordinary case. It was the manner of and brutality of the killing was obviously particularly shocking and, and just terrible to be honest to, to hear the details of what and, and what what Thomas went through and also it's the professional nature of, of the case that how they cleaned up after themselves there was so much planning it was it's quite atypical for murder cases in Manchester I've, I've been a court reporter for a good few years now and it was just the way the way of the killing and there was sort of, in Manchester at the moment there's so many murders that are sort of spur of the moment heat of the moment it's either drink or drug fueled that sort of moments of madness, but this was a professionally planned thing that they'd thought about. Seems to be for quite a while, for even for a few days before the incident, and then they'd to go out and do it in the way they did it was particularly shocking. And obviously, for a, a, someone who had been married to someone else to be involved in that in that crime was particularly quite shocking and quite incredible. To be honest, that someone could do that to someone who, who they were supposed to have loved, and. Um, that was obviously reflected in the judge's sentencing for especially for Reece Stevens for thirty seven years and that was as I said before, that was one of the longest sentences I can remember for for a murder case and that was obviously showed just how seriously the judge regarded regarded the crime and how how he, he thought it needed to be punished. Such a brutal case to cover. Andrew Bartley, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Testimony is a laudable production for the Manchester Evening News. It was presented and produced by Daniel McLaughlin, featuring Andrew Bartsley. You can listen to previous episodes of our podcast on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google and more. And you can read more about this case on the MEN's website, manchestereveningnews.co.uk. Goodbye.